uh, first off, I understand you just got back from LA. Uh, was that your first time in the city? No, it was actually. I've driven through there before because I used to live in SoCal, but I've never just like been in the city, like around like doing shit. Oh shit! I thought you were born in the Bay Area. I didn't know you're where. Where were you born? Where are you from in SoCal? No, no, no. I was um. I've moved around SoCal for like most of my like childhood. I was like, I think when I first came there, I was like four, and I stayed in San Diego for quite a bit, and then I moved to OC and just oh, stayed around there. Yeah, I moved to the Bay like two years ago. Oh, awesome. Okay, well, I, damn, I fucked up not doing enough research then. <laughs> but uh, that's no, you're awesome. You're good. You're good. <laughs> I don't think that's anywhere. All right, uh, that's awesome though. Uh, but um, from what I can gather, uh, I mean, you you met up with like a ton of goddamn people in there. I was big mad yeah, because I, I, I was big mad because I was set to I was a set to interview Midwest while you guys were all down there, but then uh, things mm-hmm. fell through last minute. But um, yeah. I understand you've been friends with everyone in that group for a minute. Uh, but what was meeting everyone in person for the first time like? Uh, it was crazy, you know, because I've known these kids not even as long, not as long as they've known each other type. But mm-hmm. I, I've known um, everyone I met up with for like half a year now it was it was really crazy meeting everyone in real life like seeing what everyone like actually looks like and actually like acts like it, it, it was crazy that was very fun yeah like you can only get like so much of a sense of what someone's like through discord um yeah pretty much yeah but yeah it, it was fun all right uh particularly um i need to, i need you to be honest with this next question because i know this might be difficult for you to admit was everyone as tall as they say they are okay so let's go case by case um through <laughs> 8k <laughs> told me he was 6'3". Mm-hmm. He was, in fact, 6'3". Oh, that hurts. That hurts. Uh-huh. Edgar Midwest mm-hmm. was... I think he told me he was, like... I don't know how tall he told me was, but I'm taller than him, so that's really all that matters. Nice, nice, okay. Uh, Glaive, too fucking tall. I, I've really heard Glaive's like matters. a fucking giraffe, dude. He's just, he's just way too tall. He stepped... And I had to like look up and that I didn't like that. I didn't like that. I didn't like that one bit. But yeah, no, everyone's just about as tall as they said they were, you know, okay, with a few, a few kinks here and there. But yeah. yeah, pretty much. Nobody, nobody lied too much about their height. I'd be, I'd be dying to know if anybody was like, yeah, I'm 6'2". In reality, they're like 5'11 or anything like that. So. Uh, not that I've seen yet, but I feel like it's coming, you know, because Angela said, <laughs> has been going around saying they were six one for months and then like. Like a like a couple of weeks ago, I was like, ah, I just found out I'm five eight. Uh, <laughs> five eight. Wait a second, that's yeah, a bit of, what a bit of a disparity. Yeah, um, yeah it's a bit of a bit of a fuck up. Yeah. Okay. So, but uh, you and I are both from California. I'm from I'm from San Diego as well. But uh, yeah, so we're both native uh, to California. But I know a lot of these people that flew in, um, potentially even like their first time in California. So I gotta ask because I know there at least one. There was at least one person doing it who was talking shit on In and Out. Oh, dude, holy fuck. Okay, so, like, this has happened so many fucking times, dude, where you know the East Coast people love coming Everybody in. Everybody talks shit on it for no reason. It's their favorite thing. They come in, they they eat it in and out. They're like, ah, this is okay. This is It wasn't anything great. I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure Edgar did that. I'm pretty sure Ash did that. I'm pretty sure... Ke- I don't know if Keegan even went to In-N-Out, but... <laughs> It was, it was so, dude. I, I don't like that because you know, In and Out is so good. And it was fire. I don't fire. know how anyone could look at animal style animal style fries and be like, ah, this is mid. Yeah, it's top tier because you can literally get an entire meal for like seven dollars. Like that's facts. part of the thing. Like you're getting mm. a decent like meal for not twenty fucking bucks. Like yeah, that's facts. And like I know like like um Eric as well. Eric was talking mad shit on In and Out like a while back. Fucking mad shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I don't get that. I don't get that at all. Um, like fucking like I went to I went to New York for the first time and I tried Shake Shack and I was like, dang, this is really good. And I tweeted like I enjoyed every bite of that. But then everybody comes to California and talks shit on in and out. I, I did not do that. I went to Shake Shack. I, I said that shit was mid. It really? was. 
Really? I, yeah. I like In and Out. Or I like or like I like Shake Shack and In and Out both, but it yeah. was okay, honestly. Right. But it wasn't it wasn't anything special because it's like it's like not expensive food, but it's like it's like mm. I could get something that's the same quality for like right. way cheaper in and out. I'm just talking my shit. <laughs> no, you're yeah. fine. Go for it. That's what I brought you here to do. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, no, I mean, it's awesome that you guys were able to have like a big meetup like that, regardless of, you know, difference of opinions on fast food. Um, <laughs> because you guys are like really at like the forefront of a scene that's like pretty much developed almost entirely online. And, you know, there were mm -hmm. people there's like, you know, Dorian Electro, all that shit, like people making music in this similar sort of vein prior to the pandemic but like quarantine really has just like shot it up and given it a trajectory never oh, had before 100 percent. so i'm wondering how is having to do like literally everything online like changed or like formed the way that you approach making music uh it's pretty regular for me i'm not gonna lie i think it's regular for a lot of people because a lot of people weren't um a lot of these kids like knew each other Mm -hmm. uh you know for years like before even making music like they were just like people on discord that knew each other and like they learned how to make music from each other mm -hmm. and i kind of stepped in in the same vein so i think it's i think the the new thing is like meeting each other in real life and making mm -hmm. music but i think as far as you know making music online it's it's pretty it's pretty regulate like the person i work with the most like hollow hollow lives in like fucking scotland i'm in california obviously like in it, scotland holy shit what <laughs> yeah it's like and that sounds like like weird but it's just it's just like internet shit you know i think mm. making music on the internet is like um i don't know it's a really it's a really special thing i think yeah and like it's crazy that there's like there's still like a lot of unknowns like i mean like for you like the first time meeting a lot of these people in person was just like a week ago like mm -hmm. what how do you think it's gonna feel when like somebody like recognizes you on the street for the first time uh i don't know it was super it, it's gonna be super weird because i think someone recognized me like at the at the place we were at and i was like oh you're juno i was like that it was it's just super weird because it's like it was even super weird like seeing people that like not even like my friends but just people i've seen on social media like at the same place that i was at it's like you don't think of these people almost as real people you think of them as like mm -hmm. people you only see on social media like almost like like seeing seeing people you see on tv in person like it's gonna be right. it's gonna be um kind of weird but it's gonna happen eventually you know like mm -hmm. everyone's gonna have to see each other right and i mean like one environment that like everybody might see each other in is like obviously like shows like it's crazy to think that there's never been like a show where like delete zeke has seen people moshing to like 52 blue mondays you've never heard a crowd like scream the lyrics to insomnia back at you so mm -hmm. i'm wondering like what do you think is going to happen to the scene once like quarantine ends and live shows open back up jesus christ it's gonna be um <laughs> dude holy shit i can't even think because it's it's such um it's such a fucking unknown variable mm -hmm. but it's gonna happen sooner or later like there are shows set for like end of this year i think for like some of the bigger people they're mm -hmm. like next year is gonna be in a complete fucking like nosedive but mm -hmm. you know at the end of the day these are a lot of like kids in their bedroom that are like like they don't even know what the f they don't they're not like set performers they're not like they don't know everything that comes with this and like mm -hmm. myself included like it's gonna be a it, it's going to be fucking weird, but it's going to mm -hmm. be a lot of fun, I think, to see what people look like in real life, like what the fans look like in real life. Like, I don't mm -hmm. even really know what the audience like is, to be honest. Yeah, like you can go back and look at like the Bloodhounds show and that, but that's like the best representation we have of this. And that's like so far ago. It seems like a fucking. Yeah, the Bloodhounds show and the IOA show, like, mm -hmm. like all of those, like from 2019, like, yeah. Like we have like everything's transformed over the past like year to the point where mm. we don't even know like people have come and gone you don't know yeah i'm just like i'm imagining like eric performing on stage and then bringing fucking 
Glaive's Goliath transformer ass out on stage. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, next, I wanted to talk about uh, Insomnia. That shit hit how many streams on Spotify recently? I think it just hit 300k. That's at the time of this. Yeah. Yeah, that's seriously fucking impressive. Um, can you walk us through how that song came to be? Uh, so I already had one song with Hollow, who I met on Twitter like a month prior in November, and mm-hmm. then um, we hadn't made any other like songs yet. They sent me like one beat like after Karma, and I was like, eh. And then they sent me the Insomnia beat. And at first I wasn't even going to hop on it. I didn't, I was like very, it was almost confusing. Like I didn't know what I was going to do, but at like 3am I was in a discord call with like um, two other people and uh, they were watching like adventure time or some shit. And I <laughs> deafened and I just opened the beat in FL and I was like, I just started recording on it and then I showed it to them and they were like, that's cool. So I finished it. And then I was thinking, I almost was going to finish it myself. And I was like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what I would even do here. So the only other person I could even think of getting on it was Avid, who I had known for a couple months at the time. Like, we entered the community around the same time. And I knew they were really good with, like, punk shit because I knew their history. Like, they came from, like, a, like, metalcore band and, like, shit. So I was like, okay. Like, I just hit them up. I was like, yo, if you're not busy, like, I have this open for you. They were like, sure. They hit it back in, like, two weeks. Uh, I dropped it on my birthday and it was doing like, okay. I think it had like 10 K in the first, like three weeks. And then the fucking Glaive and Eric got the hyper pop playlist. Like mm. I think Eric put that shit at like number three and I'm so grateful because it's just been yeah. nonstop from there. That's awesome. Yeah. Holy shit. That's crazy that like, just like something like that can influence like the trajectory a song has to so much to such an extent. And it's, it's insane. Yeah, like Insomnia in particular feels like such like a, a unique blend of a lot of different shit. Like like you said, like punk and like metal and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and you've been very adamant about bringing like pop punk back into like relevance. Um, so I'm wondering, what are some of like your biggest influences when it comes to your style that you inhabit? Jesus Christ. Um, okay, so uh, like 100% number one is like my favorite Fall Out Boy album, like fucking From Under the Court Tree. I love that album so fucking much. Mm-hmm. But um yeah fallout boy early fallout boy panic at the disco all time low rise against three days grace the offspring paramore damn you got a, you got a you got a big old list ready for it huh <laughs> dude everything from like 2000 to like i don't know like 2011 like pop punk like mm-hmm. like that shit is so important to me because that's like the first genre like i ever like found on my own like i i searched out and i like like liked that music like before I even got into like rap music or anything like that, that's what I was listening to. And I'm very adamant about like, like making that like back. I, I want to bring it back. Cause it's like, I, I think that shit is like mm-hmm. really, really far. And I don't think a lot of people have like incorporated it into like their main sound. And I don't want to like, just go around like copying people. So. Right. And bring it back in like a genuine way, not like an MGK way, <laughs> like all that. Yeah. There's a lot of them. Um, like, yeah, obviously no talking shit, but there's like, mm-hmm. there's obviously like, people bringing it back in, in a sort of way. Like, it's mm-hmm. not that nobody's ever done it before, but I I do think it's a bit of, um, it does feel a bit, you know, like artificial in mm-hmm. wh- how it's been done, at least to me in the right. mainstream. No, I, I can totally, I can totally relate to that. Like, I think just, like, I think like, for example, there are artists that incorporated like bits and pieces of it. Like, for example, like Peep and shit like that, like incorporated like really mm-hmm. solid chunks of it, but then just yeah. like people that do like a 90 degree turn and just like, hey, I'm doing pop punk now. Like, you know, fucking MGK. <laughs> um yeah that shit is it's no disrespect to mgk because he's five but it's like you you know what i'm talking about and also it's yeah. like it's something that hasn't been done um 
not hasn't been done. It's definitely been done in this community. Mm -hmm. But I think someone that like can incorporate it and make it like its own mm -hmm. thing in this community. I don't think that's been done too much before. So I'm that's what I'm shooting for. You know. Right. Yeah. And it's and I mean in my opinion it's sort of really really fantastic sound that's like the one thing that like drew me in the most um i mean i found you off of karma um and then like mm -hmm. just uh, since then i've just like loved pretty much everything you've put out um and your most recent released obsessed with uh production from hollow as per usual um but usual, of course. yeah um I'm, I'm just wondering like you mentioned that um they're from scotland how the fuck did you meet up with them how did you get in contact with them for the first time uh twitter everything happens to twitter and discord these days but uh, i tweeted some shit back in like um november mm -hmm. that was like somebody sent pop beats because i'd never even made some shit like karma before i made karma mm -hmm. so i tweeted out who has pop beats like some shit like that because i was just looking for producers because no one was really sending me beats back then no one knew who i was so mm -hmm. i just tweeted some shit like that out someone tagged holland was like you gotta work with this dude Holland was like yo they dm me they were like i don't really have like too many proud credits to my name but they sent me talk down by Tokopedia, and i was mm. like jesus this is like insane mm -hmm. and they're like yeah like i can send you some shit and they sent me one beat in one dropbox and it was mm -hmm. the karma beat and i was like this is insane and i made it like mm -hmm. a week later and then the rest is history that we've just been going back and forth since then yeah it's crazy it's insane to see the progression you've made since like just karma i remember i was like i was scrolling through and i think i found it off like somebody retweeted like that video of you like playing bed wars with like your webcam on top of it and shit and i was and i was like yes. oh this is crazy <laughs> that video yeah, yeah. um uh, <laughs> yeah. that actually wasn't me by the way that was roxas shout out roxas oh really oh yeah my bad <laughs> no that was that wasn't my gameplay yeah no okay. all right um but uh yeah and like i mean of course getting to like the point with like obsessed like your most recent release um mm -hmm. in my opinion fantastic track i think you fucking murdered that shit um but thank you appreciate that a lot actually before you before you'd get before you'd be able to get to obsessed uh you'd, be, you'd have to go through months of tracks uh, that potentially might not even be like for example like public anymore how do you look mm -hmm. back on like your music that when you were like just starting out um shit it was a learning stage it was a learning curve for a lot of shit and mm -hmm. it was like um I didn't have everything that I wanted. Like I didn't have all the tools. I didn't even have, I think what I had before I made Karma, I didn't even have like um, auto-tune or anything because I didn't have a PC that could run it. Like I was just, I've been making shit for like two years just on mm -hmm. whatever I could, like dropping some songs. Like most of the songs I ever made before that were not public, mm -hmm. but I'm sure if you like look for it, you can find it. But stuff like that, like it, it was, it was a big learning curve. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. It got me to where I am today, so I'm I'm thankful for it. Yeah, yeah, of course. I mean, like pretty much anybody, I think, like especially starting out, is gonna release a lot of garbage, like a lot of shit. Yeah, that's like, yeah, yeah. Like I mean, I was fucking before I started doing this shit. I was a Minecraft YouTuber. <laughs> I mean, I don't want to talk about it when I was like 12 years old. Um, so yeah, we've come a long way. Um, <laughs> but uh, next, I gotta ask you something that hits close to hits close to home because uh, we're about the same age. You're 16, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I'm 17, and whenever people, yeah, whenever yeah. people see artists like you achieve like such incredible things, there's like usually like two schools of thought that people fall into. Um, mm -hmm. A lot of people look at you being 16, or like Eric being 18, or like Glaive going fucking stupid nuclear right now at the age of 16 as well, um, mm -hmm. and they think like, oh, if these people can do it, then I can do it as well. But unfortunately, there's like the flip side of things where it, a lot of people look at you guys and they're just like, damn. I've accomplished nothing by comparison. What would you say to maybe somebody's in that like sort of discouraged position? 
Jesus. Um, dude, you can literally do this at any age. Because there mm-hmm. are people even going, like, dumber than me. Like, Lou is 13 years old mm-hmm. and is one of the most cracked musicians I've <laughs> ever met. She's, like, like actually insane. And mm-hmm. it's just, like, like, obviously there are so many examples of, like, like legends in music that like weren't doing anything until they were like 30 or 40 mm-hmm. like jay-z didn't go anything until he was like 27 or some shit like that i, I don't know the exact age but mm-hmm. dude you can literally do this at any age and it, it doesn't even matter if it's music or, or media or anything like like you'll know when it comes to you because i was doing like so much other shit that just didn't work before this like i wanted to be a fucking commentary youtuber i wanted to <laughs> i wanted to do art i wanted to fucking do a bunch of shit that just never worked out and this was the thing and who knows, there might be even a different thing in a couple of years, you know? But, mm. like, it doesn't stop just because you hit a certain age. It's never too late. Like, Wells is mm. literally, like, what, 24 or some shit? And she's mm. still going stupid. Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. All right. Well, I'm happy you went down the route of uh, dropping bangers instead of uh, talking about, like, Leafy's here and shit. So, um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm happy you went down that route. Um, yeah, definitely, me too. Yeah, but I mean, like the flip side of that is like obviously artists can always be, or obvious artists usually are their own worst critics. Like I think any creative can relate to that feeling of like people being like, "Oh, holy shit, this is so good! You're like so talented," but then you can only really see its flaws. You're not seeing all like the things that people are praising about it. Yeah. So, and it's easy to feel like maybe you don't stack up to the other people in like your field that might be making similar music to you. Um, mm-hmm. Have you ever felt like a sort of like imposter syndrome like that, or no? Oh, dude, you have no idea. Every day, every day, I'm like, like my best friends are like, dude, <laughs> dude, I'm, my good friends are like, oh, so, so, so good at music. Like, like, Delizic is one of my best friends. Mm. And that motherfucker is so insanely talented at music. And it mm. looks, they make it look easy, dude. They make yeah. it look effortless. And like, when you're, when you're like, you try your hardest, but like, what, inevitably you're gonna like compare yourself to that and when you think about it like you're like oh well i don't stack up like i don't i've always felt like like damn i'm not as good as these kids like i've i i don't know how the fuck i got here but mm-hmm. it's just it's always in your head and you just can't think about it too too much because obviously like if you're there you're there for a reason you know but, right yeah i mean yeah. like i I can't imagine like is like I mean Teen Week was holy fucking shit. Teen Week was really really good. Dude. So yeah, yeah um, Zeke is Zeke is a legend, dude. Shout out Zeke. Mm-hmm. Shout out Zeke. Yeah. Um, and then uh, transitioning a bit, I think uh, I think we can both agree we're both in high school. I think we can both agree online school fucking sucks. I hate this shit. I haven't retained a single bit of information this entire semester. So dude, um, I'm failing. Holy shit. I mean, like, I and, like, the thing is, I'm barely even, like, managing my sanity and school at the same time. I can't imagine tossing a music career on top of this shit. So, what are you doing to sort of stay sane during all this? Um, dude, so I was, like, an A-B student, like, mm-hmm. like for every year before this one. And then, um, and then this happened. So, mm-hmm. it's been, um, it's been a, a bit, it's been a bit challenging. It's been a bit fucked up. But, mm-hmm. you know, like, we move. It, right. It's just like every good thing that's pretty much happened with music. Like every time something better and better has happened with music, like like something something with school has just gone down. But hopefully, you know, balancing things is really important. I think in like everybody's life, but especially if you're trying to do a creative thing and uh, trying to do school, especially in the state where things are at now. Like mm-hmm. like I hope things would be better in real life, but I, I have no clue. But especially in online school, like mm-hmm. like dude, Jesus, you know, like that shit is just is yeah. is is crazy difficult. It's really easy to fall behind. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it's frustrating too because then of course there's like stupid ass parents that are like, oh, we need our kids back in class when it's like, yeah. like shut up, Marilyn or whatever. I'm sure your your <laughs> I'm sure your son would rather you know do a little bit worse in algebra than like die in class. Like yeah, no, but literally. it's not it's not a perfect situation. But I mean, I can't blame like the educators or anything like that. So it's just a rough mm-hmm. situation. Yeah, it's a rough situation for everyone for real. Mm-hmm. But I mean. It's impressive alone that you've been able you've been able to like maintain at least like some balance throughout this entire thing. Because from what I can gather, you're entirely self-taught, right? Uh, yeah, pretty much. Like, I don't. Well, to be fair, I don't produce, so I don't have to do um like mm-hmm. too much work. But yeah, like um, uh, like recording, mixing, mm-hmm. all. I do use loose preset. I use a tweaked version of loose preset. <laughs> I'll throw that out there. Disclaimer. I'll <laughs> watch this and be like, why didn't you mention me? I I do. But mm-hmm. besides that, everything is like like pretty much stuff though okay and i mean like how do you think like having like basically navigate all that and like figure everything out yourself has like sort of shaped the way that you approach music uh i think it's 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 crazy again i'm not the biggest fucking um the best example for this because i i personally don't feel like i have to do too fucking much but just anyone figuring out how to like navigate anything and then coming out with a finished product that anyone likes i think is super impressive i think anyone making music and posting it is like brave as fuck but mm-hmm. or any content is is fucking crazy brave because you just have to put shit out there and like see if people like it or not and like you don't know but like the learning process is always gonna gonna be different for everybody and i i think mine took like a year and a half so you know like it's just and i'm still learning so mm-hmm. i don't know yeah like it's a it's a massive it's a massive leap of faith to take so i think it's it's always commendable whenever people like even if somebody puts out like a sort of half-baked project or something like that i'm like hey you know what you took the you took the leap to put that out there so yeah i think people don't like acknowledge like how big of a a risk it is to like to mm-hmm. to put shit out on the internet it's like on the fucking internet dude mm-hmm. people are mean dude people are <laughs> rude. people will tell Those you on soundcloud think. have you read those comments like <laughs> dude people are mean people are ruthless people will mm-hmm. let you know what they think because it's yeah. anonymous but i think mm-hmm. being brave enough to push it out there especially when you care about it and you think like like I put my time into this. Like I want people to hear it. Like I think that's mm-hmm. super brave. Yeah, no, nah, and I mean, like, uh, like you mentioned, um, you mentioned you you don't produce or anything like that. But like, I mean, like, I mean, it's usually like the most intimidating shit ever when I hear like my music, like my producer friends talk about. They're like, hey, check out this like Umar Snare I made in Ableton, and I'm just like, I just check out because I just I don't know what the fuck they're yeah. talking about. Yeah. <laughs> But has anyone like Hollow, has anyone ever like tried to maybe think about like maybe getting into the producing side of things? Because I know like, for example, Avid is trying to get back into like the producing side of things recently. Yeah, I think Avid doing that is, is sick as fuck. But mm-hmm. yeah, I've thought about it. Uh, I want to do it soon. Like I have a guitar. I want to learn how to play the guitar. Mm-hmm. I want to like get more into the craft of it. But I think one of the pros of having Hollow is someone I can bounce ideas off of and be like, does this sound cool? Like, like that is like my right hand like i can ask them to do some shit they'll do it they can ask me if this sounds cool like we have a hand in each one of my songs every one of my songs with hollow or even with zeke or whatever is like a is a is a 50 50 thing like that's my song that's my song that's hollow song and i think that's one of the pros of having one person that you work with consistently is like having that person that like my ideas can go through them and like it'll come out like as a product that we both enjoy uh which I think self-prod people have like on their own, you know, like they can bounce ideas off themselves and just right. put it down pen and paper, you know? Yeah, that's awesome. And I mean, like, um, I'm sure, 
I'm sure it's like it's intimidating to get into at first. I'm sure starting out like at any like like at the base of like any production or like any sort of like even like video editing, photo mm-hmm. stuff like any photography stuff like that. It's it's intimidating to get into at the beginning. So as someone who's like you know like maybe like thinking of getting into it, I'm sure you understand how like sort of mm-hmm. like holy shit, there's a lot to learn. Um, yeah. So and I mean not to mention you're self-taught in terms of like vocals and recording and everything like that. So. What would you say to somebody who maybe is like interested in getting into music, but is maybe like intimidated at the road ahead of them? Just practice. Uh, this goes for like everything, obviously, like video editing, taking pictures, drawing, like everything. Just practice, 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 practice. Just do it over and over and over because you're you're probably going to make some shit. Maybe you enjoy for like two seconds, but like you're going to make a lot of songs. You're going to look back and be like, OK, I didn't know what I was doing at all. all right. But it's okay because like eventually you're going to get better. Like you're going to improve. Like that's just how things work is if you just do them over and over and over again and just make a million fucking songs that are just maybe not as good. It's just for that one. That's like, okay, I like this. Like Mm -hmm. it's worth it. It's definitely worth it if you really care about it. Right. Yeah. And I mean, like there for every like um, golden nugget that you get out of it and release online, I'm sure there's like a dozen, like, like how many tracks would you say that you have like in the vault that you're just never, that are never going to see the light of day? Jesus fucking Christ. Um, over the past like two years, like maybe like a couple thousand, like so, Jesus. Shit. Wow. Like there's like that's just being like realistic. Like there's mm-hmm. so many songs that are just never ever gonna drop or they have dropped and I've taken them down immediately. Like they're just mm-hmm. there's like the only time I've made something anything that I've been proud of has been like the last couple months, like starting with karma. Like mm. like that's the only track record I've been proud of. But you know, you have to make everything before that, you know? Because who the fuck would know we, where would you be without it you know mm-hmm. yeah like what it's progression important. would you make especially because like i've just been telling people if they're like if they're intimidated just start because the barrier for entry is so low like you recorded vocals on like a blue snowball right i still record vocals on his blue snowball okay but i'm I, not gonna judge i'm not gonna judge i'm just yeah. yeah 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 but no i started um i started it my first song ever was recorded on my phone on <laughs> imovie like imovie ios like i put the beat in there and i re- used the voiceover thing to record the vocals like that's how i started you have to start somewhere and you'll get there yeah. like it always happens just imagining you in the cl- and like just posted it up in like a like a closet or just spitting straight into the bottom of your phone oh genuinely genuinely like that's really mm-hmm. like just how it was yeah um and then, I mean, like, from what I can gather, you really, really seem, like, really, in, like, into just the process of making music and whatnot. But are there any, are there ever any days where you feel, like, maybe not as motivated, maybe, like, classes whooping your ass or anything like that? Do you, do you ever sort of feel demotivated some days? Um, yeah, yeah. You know, it, it happens a lot where, you know, like, you, know, you have a lot of things going on in your life and then you, like, look at like a song you just dropped or something you're like it's not doing as well as you would hoped or something but um i think one of the main things that's really important like obviously besides starting something is like keeping going because there have been so many times where like like things were just not as good as i hoped but like i just had to keep it pushing for the hope that one day they would be as good as they are so like just keeping consistent with something and like like taking the time to actually like keeping pushing like that's so important yeah yeah for sure um it's it, it's it's a bummer to like you know see people who are like maybe having like a hard time with like you know whether their songs are performing or maybe they're like they've taken a direction that they don't you know necessarily like i've seen some stuff recently i really hope like for example like quinn is doing okay i understand she's had some shit uh, happen recently mm-hmm. um but yeah uh transitioning from that um recently um 
there's a hot uh, there's a hot debate going on on Twitter right now because uh, Cole Bennett tweeted some shit about how uh, the SoundCloud scene um, <laughs> used to be dominated by a lot of independent artists. I'm sure you've seen the tweet, but um, I'm wondering how do you like as someone who's seen a lot of success on SoundCloud, like um, that's like I'm from what I can gather, you're like your main made platform. Um, what do you think about that sort of like take on the scene in general? Um, well. Uh, I think a lot of people in my community, at least, mm-hmm. like, were not very happy with that take. They mm-hmm. were they were not very happy at all. But I think you have to kind of look at it with the nuance of like, it was a dumb tweet. I won't right. lie to you. That was that was that was a bad take. Mm-hmm. But it's only a bad take because he doesn't know what he doesn't know. Right. Like, like it's it's got to be so easy to like look out and like see because he knows about Glaive. It's just like. Mm-hmm. He knows almost about the community, but he's, he's just right there on the tip of his right. on the tip of his fucking tongue, dude. And like like voicing an opinion like that, like so many people pointed out, like you are the industry. Like you can't mm-hmm. be mad at the industry when you have become the industry. Like it's it's very it, it wasn't the best take, but you know, like it's okay. People don't know what they don't know. Yeah, like I mean, like I have a lot of respect for Cole Bennett. Like obviously he's a talented ass dude, and like I mean it just feels a little bit hypocritical for him to be like standing on top of a mountain that like he admittedly helped build, but then like looking out, like all these people trying to reach up to his point and being like, ah, you guys aren't doing it the right way. Like what? Literally. It's like, it's like, I don't, (laughs) he's not the problem. You know, Mm -hmm. Cole Bennett is super important to, um, to the culture, obviously. Like he's, Mm -hmm. he's pretty much made a wave of, of one of the most important forms of media, like besides the music is the video side of it. And mm-hmm. admittedly, he is super, super influential in that. It's just like, like, like you said, like he's standing on a mountain that he's created, and like he's looking out in the distance and be like, I, I can't see anything. Like, mm-hmm. like, dude, like, you're that high up because you put yourself that high up. But mm-hmm. I, I don't think it's that hard to like, look out and like, like find what you think is missing. Mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just me. I, I get that though, and I mean like. Uh, speaking of SoundCloud, you recently hopped on their Instagram story uh, to talk about Obsessed. Can you tell us about how that got brought to fruition? Uh, <laughs> this name has been redacted. The the, the goat, he mm-hmm. just um, hit me up and was like, yo, like I want to help, so help you get SoundCloud to promote this. Mm-hmm. Just send me something to put on their story. And um, I did it. And that happened. I think a lot of people think it's like um, a more important thing that it is. Don't mm-hmm. go harassing them. Actually, because <laughs> of this, I feel bad that I'd even like brought their name up now that I think about hey, it. I can but, redact it easy. Don't worry yeah, about it. Dude, please. Um, <laughs> actually, now that I think about it. But yeah, dude, just somebody works at SoundCloud. They asked me like help promote mm-hmm. it. Um, I put it in and there it is. A lot of people were like thinking it's more than it was. Mm-hmm. I think a lot of like locals hit me up and were like, like, what's this? And I was just like, eh, eh. <laughs> I mean, like, I mean, I, I viewed it as like a big thing because I mean, it's like, it's a, it's a, I, you could view it as like a co-sign from like a massive company, but like, I, I get that. Yeah. If it's just like a sort of, Hey, here's like an Instagram video, I'll ship it over. Um, yeah. It's definitely cool. It, it, I don't know. It's, it's kind of surreal. Cause you know, it is like the biggest, it's the biggest platform for underground music, but mm-hmm. I don't know. Instagram story. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean like uh, the SoundCloud people on like SoundCloud in general have been like really damn receptive to like, I mean, cause they are like so based in like the underground, like you said. Mm-hmm. So they've been really, really good and receptive to this entire scene. However, um, there's a lot of differing opinions on the way Spotify has handled it. Uh, so yeah. Shout out SoundCloud for that, dude. A lot of that is, um, is, is that person actually like they, 
got the job at SoundCloud and has just been working so effortlessly to to put this community on to SoundCloud. It's just I respect that person so much. Like and I respect SoundCloud a lot for being receptive to our community in general and like handing it with open arms and such. And people within the community have differing opinions about how things are being handled, whether there's discrimination based on sounds or whatever. But honestly, like like maybe I'm biased, but I, I think it's a pretty um I think it's a pretty pretty varying amount of sounds that are like being promoted and and being pushed by SoundCloud themselves. Spotify, <laughs> I can't even be mad at, honestly. Mm-hmm. Like like we were the fucking like like imposters like a year ago, mm-hmm. like on that playlist. Like we're the people that didn't fit mm-hmm. and then people want to like kind of take that over like i mm-hmm. i don't know like about everything with the hyperpopolis and everything mm-hmm. like that but I, I don't know if we per se own that mm-hmm. you know i just kind of take it as i'm grateful that people in my community have been able to be pushed by spotify and i'll i'll take it and leave it at that right yeah and i mean like of course like i've sort of a lot of people get pissed because it's like um a lot of people get pissed at the, the label of hyperpop in general but i mean i mean i think there's upsides and downsides because obviously it's like a massive yeah. platform and like putting on for a community but at the same time they throw nav into the playlist and it's like what shout out Clay. <laughs> jesus yeah um but uh, i'm wondering what do you think of like the sort of like the tendency for people to label whether it be like anything from your music to like break in as hyperpop uh jesus um so i have a lot of friends i have a lot of people at least in this community that don't like the label at all they don't like it put on their music they even have like a kind of like looking down stance on it um but honestly to me it's just another label for music it's um i'm grateful i'm so grateful actually that our community has the chance to be put on by this massive massive label that's like coming up like hyperpop is in the mouth of everybody right now from the entire industry down to like some kid in their bedroom like people are talking about it like we are at least i'm grateful to have the opportunity to be included in that conversation whether it's something that i think fits my music or not because at the end of the day i think everyone like would like be okay to say like they just make music like they don't really like labels nobody really likes labels like like some people are mad that they're called rap and some people are mad that they're called pop. But at the end of the day, it's just, it's just music. And like, it's not really even our choice anymore if we get put there or not. So, yeah. Right. Yeah. I think, th- I think that's a really honestly kind of like damn wise <laughs> approach to it. I think that's like a pretty level headed look. Cause I mean, yeah, you can get upset about like the, and I rightfully upset even about like the fact that people are like potentially even, like mislabeling the stuff. Like, cause I would say your stuff is closer to like pop and punk and stuff like that. But Mm-hmm. I think I think in general I think it's I think it's doing more good than harm. However, there is sort of like a blurred line right there. So yeah. Um, and uh, of course, like in the community, uh, it seems like there's a new artist blowing up every like ten seconds in the community. So if you could pick a handful of people to put our listeners onto right now, who would you pick? Jesus Christ. <laughs> um, Elliot. The entirety of World on Lockdown. The entirety of Planet Zero. Um, Jesus Christ. There's so <laughs> many names. Yeah. Uh, smaller artists that I really fuck with, I think. Definitely Elliot, definitely Kian, definitely Nestle, definitely, um... Damn, can I pull up my playlist real quick? Absolutely, go for it. No, I know, I know it's one of those questions you don't want to be like, oh, I don't want to forget anybody. It's like, uh... Yeah, dude, oh my god. Uh, I would be, I would be such a favorite. Okay, definitely Raygun, definitely... Raygun, yeah. Everyone I just said. Raygun, oh my god. Raygun was one of the first, like, friends I ever made in this community, mm-hmm. just on, like, Twitter and stuff. I'm so happy that they're going up to, like, 
love that kid uh psych um fucking even people that like are like the same size as me like numlock i got uh um fucking heaven mm-hmm. these are not even like small artists these are just people i listen to at this point right <laughs> but yeah dude world on lockdown planet zero big big love for everyone in like that side like i love those kids so much Awesome. Yeah. And then like on a similar note, um, but we use this time some, to manifest some shit. If you could pick like a, dr- like a couple dream people to work with, um, at some point off the future, like dead or alive, that could be anybody. It could be fucking Breakins or Gerard way. Who would you pick? It's definitely those two people actually <laughs> Breakins and Gerard way. Definitely. But Charlie XCX, um, Weathen. Okay. I saw you were manifesting some other shit on about her on Twitter the other day, but I mean, we don't have to talk about that. Dude, no, I literally just wanted a song. People oh. took that the wrong way. I just wanted a song. Yeah, okay. Dude. Yeah, okay. <laughs> but yeah, definitely Charlie XCX. Definitely um, 100 Gex even. Like mm-hmm. Dylan Brady and Laura Lesser, like, like, not the biggest inspirations per se, but they're legendary like on their mm-hmm. own, you know? Um, I'm friends with Eric, but I'd love to work with Eric at some point. Mm-hmm. Um, Alden, definitely. Uh, fucking... I'm looking at my playlist again. <laughs> You're all good. A four eight five, like mm, yeah, yeah, dude. The people I'm like surrounded by, I'm inspired by. Like, I love, I love everyone's music. Oh shit, and Joji, holy shit, dude, I love Joji so. Oh much. really? That'd be all. Yeah, that'd be fucking crazy, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. Yeah, now that'd be a fucking Joji featuring Juno. That rolls off the tongue pretty well. But uh, yeah, good names. Yeah, um, but uh, you've come a long way in 2020 alone, and I think uh, there's. I, I, I'm personally, I'm f- super fucking excited for what the future holds for you. Um, so, but what are some of your goals going forward in 2021? What can we expect from Juno going forward? Uh, I want to release a couple projects. I want to make more songs with my friends, and that's like the only like main two overarching goals. Like, obviously, everyone wants to see like a certain number and like hopefully hit it. But I, I it's whatever. To honestly, I'm just really focus on the music and my friends that's all i really care about all right that's awesome yeah and i mean like i'm i'm hoping for like i mean hopefully once you know like travel becomes a bit less of a less of an issue i'm hoping for an overcast video maybe that'd be fucking sick um yeah dude i met some of the overcast people in real life they're super sick they're nice people tommy came up right i think yeah well i i've I've met tommy Uh, Mm -hmm. i didn't like talk too much to them but i i've seen all of them they're very nice like yeah no yeah tommy's an awesome dude i've talked to him a couple times before uh they're super uh, correct at what they do by the way like I'm yeah saying. holy fucking shit did you see the um like the video they did with uh with midwest that one was crazy insane actually mm-hmm. shout out midwest dude i i love that here so much mm-hmm. like yeah great dude yeah that's awesome all right well um I think that's going to wrap it up for us. Uh, this interview is going to be difficult to find because whenever I looked up Juno interview, the only thing I got was fucking Michael Sarah videos from 2007. <laughs> um, but yeah. uh, I really, really appreciate you making the time for us. Uh, if you could say anything to one final thing to our listeners, what would it be? Um, shout out Hyperpop. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'll take that over fucking um, the first interview Eric ever did. He got asked a similar question fucking dumbass he said like uh, he said like if he i had, had the one thing that you could say to the world he said shout out Sh- or what no no no. what he said is um what he said is like if i had if i had the world's attention for like 10 seconds i would tell white women to tap in yeah dude you have how many times how many times i've clowned that kid for that dude that's so funny that's so dumb fucking oh my god that's that's eric in a nutshell in general if everybody wants to get a good sense of what he's like 
um the doa himself dude <laughs> yeah dante let's go but yeah um i really really appreciate making time for us honestly you're one of the most like well-spoken and like i know damn well i don't want to say like at your age this was like a fucking year ago but i was not as well-spoken and like well-coordinated and thought through as much as you were so it's it's really impressive thank you so much dude i appreciate you like reaching out so much it's been a lot of fun